everybody, good morning and uh, welcome to Christ Community Chapel. Uh, so, so glad you're here. Welcome those of you who are worshiping over in East Hall. This is, uh, this is a great weekend. Uh, let me start like this. Uh, in 1774, a baby boy was born named John Chapman. You may recognize him by the nickname he got later on in his life. His nickname was Johnny Appleseed. And Johnny Appleseed was, uh, by the end of his life, was credited with introducing apple trees to Pennsylvania, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. At the time of his death, he had an estate with a single orchard in it that had 15,000 apple trees in that orchard. Uh, it's almost unimaginable the number of apples that could be traced back to John Chapman. One of the things I feel like God has been teaching me is that God is in the long game. He plays the long game, not the short game. And I tend to play the short game. I want one apple today. God wants 100,000 apples 50 years from now. This weekend, we are launching our church planting initiative for Northeast Ohio. We're calling it Orchard NEO. Uh, this weekend, we officially join God in playing the long game. And this is what I mean. Uh, what we want to do is plant a church in every neighborhood in Northeast Ohio that does not already have a vibrant gospel teaching church in it. One of the things I love about this church is that uh, we dream big because there are so many of you that want to do something uh, something gr great with God, for God. And for us, this vision is that for everyone, no matter what neighborhood they live in, there'll be some place that they can go in their neighborhood to hear who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. And if we're going to become a church planting church with that kind of vision, we need everyone to be involved, which is why you should be holding an apple right now because we need you to be involved in this. We want to treat this like a Micah 6-8 weekend. And on Micah 6-8 weekend, we always ask you to kind of open your heart up to whatever God is trying to tell you, however God wants to use you uh, in whatever the ministry is. So we usually ask you to consider doing one or more of three things, praying, giving, and going. And we're going to do the same thing this weekend. We want everybody to be praying about how you can get involved in this church planning initiative in Orchard NEO. Uh, all the offering, just like in a Micah 6-8 weekend, all the offering this weekend is going to go toward Orchard NEO. But maybe more importantly, we want you to be praying about going. If we plant a church in your neighborhood, we want you to go to that church. Uh, there are some of you that God may be asking you to, to move to the neighborhood where we are planting a church, and we want to help you and encourage you to do that. All right, uh, in just a minute, I'm going to have Zach Wyrock come up, who's the director of Orchard NEO, and explain more of the vision and why we're doing what we're doing. But I want to take this time to introduce to you our two church planters, these are our first two church planters that have come, and could you guys come on up with your families? This is uh, Jeremy and... I'm gonna, 
I'm going to have you do that in a minute. Just hold that. All right, right, this is uh, John and Kelly Ashley and Jeremy and Sarah King. Uh, They have uh, moved here. They have gone all in to be our first two church planters. And that takes a certain amount of faith and a certain amount of courage. And so uh, I want us, and this is when you're going to be able to do what you just did, I want us to show them kind of our support, that we are all in, that we are behind them too, and that they can count on us. So uh, let me, help, or would you help me welcome uh, the, the Kings and the Ashleys to CCC and to uh, Orchard NEO. So now, thanks. Thanks, guys. I know you're excited for me to preach, but you can take a seat. (laughs) Uh, I am so excited to talk to you today about church planting. Uh, I am so excited to talk to you about the future of Christ Community Chapel and the work we're going to be doing in Northeast Ohio. What I've been praying in the run-up to this weekend is that that excitement would be contagious, that you would take it with you, that it would become your excitement, and that you would share it with those around you. And that's what I'm going to be aiming at as we spend a few minutes together. If you have a Bible, would you go ahead and take it out and turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 16 through 20. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. It'll be on the screen behind me, but I want to draw your attention to these verses. This passage is often called the Great Commission. It's a really important one in the Bible because it is the directive that Jesus gives his disciples after he's risen from the dead and before he ascends into heaven. So these, this is kind of the last mission he's going to give them. And these words actually frame the rest of the New Testament. So the rest of the New Testament is about the followers of Jesus taking this mission and carrying it out. But what I want you to see is how closely connected his great commission is with church planting. Would you look with me at these verses, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Here's what they say. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, I want you to see three things in this passage that I believe, if we really grab hold of, will have us excited about church planting. And here's those three things. I want you to see there is a mission, there is a mechanism, and that has meaning. Okay, there is a mission, There is a mechanism, and that has meaning. First, there is a mission. Uh, My wife and I recently bought a home in Hudson, Go Explorers. We are now Hudson residents. And this is the third home that I've purchased over the course of my marriage. 
which means I now know that what we do with our home once we buy it has very little to do with me. What I mean by that is, invariably, when we buy a house, my wife lets me know that we need new furniture because there's some nook or cranny of the house that is different than the old house, and we don't have anything for that. And what happens when she is looking into furniture is that she will present me with two options. Do you like this, or do you like this? Now, early on in my marriage, I thought that was a real question. <laughs> that she really wanted my input. I now realize she does not want my opinion, she wants affirmation. That the correct response to that question is, which one do you like? And when she says, I like this one, I say, oh, me too. And if she says, but I'm not sure, I say, me neither. <laughs> and eventually, we land on the one that she wanted all along. You see, because I live there, but that is my wife's house. Okay, I've learned that. I wonder if I asked you what a church ought to be about, what you would say. The truth is, we all have our opinions. There are things we like about church. There are things we wish were different. We have preferences about music or preaching or programs. But here's the reality. This is not our church. We go here, but the church belongs to Jesus. It is up to Jesus to tell us what this church ought to be about. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not even up to Pastor Joe and other leaders. It's up to Jesus. This church belongs to him. Jesus says it this way in our passage, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What Jesus is literally saying is there is not an inch of the universe over which he could not say, mine. But if that's true in the universe, how much more so is it true in a gathering of people called the church who gather because they love and follow Jesus? This church belongs to Jesus, and Jesus has a mission for this church. And that mission is described this way in our passage. Look at what it says. It says, go therefore, verse 19, and make disciples of all nations. Here's what Jesus says that Christ Community Chapel has to be about. Taking people who are disconnected from God, who do not have a relationship with God, and leading them to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus, his life and his death and his resurrection. That is our mission. That is what we have to be about. Everything we do has to connect to that. And if it doesn't connect to that, we shouldn't do it. Because the church doesn't belong to you. And it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Jesus. He decides what we're about. Now, if we get that, church planting is going to make a lot of sense. But if we don't get that, it won't. Because if church for us is about comfort, church planting will make us very uncomfortable. If, if church is about our social circle and keeping all of our friends close, church planting will want to scatter us into our own neighborhoods all over Northeast Ohio. And that will not be comfortable for us. 
So the first step for getting excited about church planning is to see this church belongs to Jesus. He has a mission. His mission is to see people come into relationship with God through him. I want to be clear. Orchard NEO does not exist to start churches. Orchard NEO exists to see people who do not currently have a relationship with God come to meet him. Because that is the mission of our king. And if you're here this morning and you are not yet a Christian, I, I don't know what you think when you hear church planting. What we mean is we want to start new churches in neighborhoods all over Northeast Ohio. But we want to do that so that people like you in their own neighborhood, in their own context, can hear about Jesus. We want people to know Jesus. A lot of people don't. This makes sense to us when we think about half a world away and we say, there are people, Zach, I know, all over the world who need to hear about Jesus, and we should do something for them, and that's true. Over one billion people do not have access to a gospel-preaching church in their part of the world. One billion people. But that is also true here. My wife and I just had a friend over this past Wednesday who we helped lead to Christ. She's a great family friend now. And I asked her, before you met us, what did you think about Jesus? Now, she grew up in Northeast Ohio. She's from here originally. I said, what did you think when you heard Jesus? She said, honestly, before I met you, I thought Jesus was make-believe. I didn't actually think he was real. Now, leaving aside the questions that forms about education, I want to focus on this. She lives here. She grew up here. She thought Jesus was make-believe. When I first moved to Cleveland, my next-door neighbor, Maritza, was getting her MD and her PhD in genetics. And when she met us, she said, why did you move here? And we said, we moved here to start a church. She said, what kind of church? We said, a Jesus church. She said, who is that? I've heard that name. I don't know anything about him. Jesus is on mission to reach people like that. And if we are with him... That is our mission, too. But the second thing I want you to see is there is a mechanism. And by that I mean you might be tempted to say, great, we need to see people come to faith in Jesus, but how? How should we do that? What's the methodology? What's the strategy? What's the plan? Well, let's acknowledge first that there has been a lot of success. There is work to do, but there has been a lot of success. Consider that when Jesus gave this directive to his disciples, none of them even knew this part of the world existed. When he told them to go into all the nations, they had no idea that one day that would mean Hudson, Ohio. And yet here we sit, gathered, to talk about Jesus. In just 2,000 years, God has taken this gospel all the way across the world. What an amazing thing. How did that happen? Well, there is one answer to that, and the answer to that is church planting. That the way this mission has been and is being and will continue to be fulfilled, the mechanism whereby God brings people to faith in Christ is the local church. But there are a lot of ways I can substantiate this for you. One of which is that when Jesus gives this directive, the next story, the next book in the Bible in terms of the narrative is the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, you will see Jesus' disciples respond to his mission. He says, go into all the nations, and they say, okay, and they go on mission. And without fail, this is their strategy. They show up in a town, they begin to preach about what God has done in Jesus' life and his death, 
and his resurrection, and people begin to believe. They gather those people who believe, they form a church. And then that church begins the slow and difficult work of learning to follow Jesus and helping others in the community come to follow him as well. This is repeated over and over again in the book of Acts. In fact, the New Testament itself is written to local churches. That's why the New Testament is filled with books like the letter to the church at Ephesus, the letter to the church in Rome, the letter to the church in Ephesus or Philippi or Galatia. The point is that the apostles understood this mission that Jesus gave them was fulfilled by the mechanism of church planting. And you get that from Jesus if you look at his words here in Matthew chapter 28. Because look at what he says in verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Here's what Jesus says. Make disciples. What does that mean? He says, well, share the gospel with them in such a way that they would come to believe and to publicly identify with me, that they would be willing to say to their neighbors, I am following Jesus through baptism. And then teach them to everything that I've said and everything that I've done and help them to learn to follow me. And here's what I want you to see. Conferences can lead people to faith in Christ. Camps, crusades, there are a lot of ways we can hold the gospel out to people. And I, I think they're all wonderful. But this work, slowly teaching people what Jesus has commanded, walking with them as they learn to follow him, this work happens at the local church. It is slow, it is deliberate, it takes time, and it's local. In fact, if you read the New Testament, here's what you'll find. In Ephesians or Galatians or Corinthians, the, the one universal gospel is being held out, but it's being applied to very different cities and very different groups of people because the problems in Ephesus were not the problems in Galatia. The culture in Corinth was not the culture in Rome. What they needed were local churches holding out the one gospel, but applying it to that neighborhood. And the mission of Orchard NEO is not to start other CCCs, though this church is wonderful. The mission is to start churches that are connected to their local community because we believe that's the way God is going to reach lost people in Northeast Ohio. We believe that to stand with Jesus is to want to see people come to faith in him. And we believe the way God does that is through local churches. We have a mission and there is a mechanism for accomplishing that mission. Number three, that has meaning. And I, I, when I say that has meaning, I really mean in two ways. First, that if we want to see lost people come to faith all over Northeast Ohio, that is not going to happen by waiting for them to drive to Hudson. That is not going to happen through a live stream. 
Though I think that anyone who drives the Hudson here is going to love the experience, and though anyone who tunes in online is going to love the experience, the reality is if we want to reach Northeast Ohio, we're going to have to do that the same way the church has always done it, by showing up in a neighborhood and preaching the gospel and gathering believers and discipling them and commissioning them to send to reach their neighbors. You might say, that'll never work, and yet here we sit 2,000 years later the very end of the earth for the disciples talking about Jesus. It has always worked. That has always been how God has moved. To participate in Orchard NEO is an opportunity, it's an invitation to you to join the story of the Bible, to pick up the book of Acts and to live it out in your neighborhood. Because the truth is, if you live in one of our target neighborhoods, we need for you to stop driving past your neighbors to come here. We need for you to understand that the mission of the church, your mission, the mission of your king, is to reach the people you are leaving in your neighborhood to come to Hudson. We need you to stay. But the second thing, the second way this has meaning is that it has meaning for you. If Jesus has a mission, and that mission is reaching lost people, and if Jesus' mission has a mechanism, and that mechanism is local churches that are being started and being developed in their neighborhoods, then here's what that means, and I hope you won't think I'm too bold for saying this, that to stand with Jesus is to be part of church planting. Because it's his mission, and it's his mechanism. And if we're with him, we have to be about church planting. I believe, here's what I believe, that God has sovereignly prepared this church for this very moment. In 89 neighborhoods of Northeast Ohio, we cannot find an effective gospel preaching church. In 89 neighborhoods of at least 5,000 people or more, there is no effective gospel preaching church there. That's a staggering number. But here's an even more staggering number. In 17 of those neighborhoods, there are at least 50 people coming here. Do you know what that means? That means that before I even knew there was a Christ Community Chapel, before you even knew about me, God was gathering people from neighborhoods strategically and bringing them here for this very moment so that he could turn this church turn its gaze to all of Northeast Ohio and say, for such a time as this, Christ Community Chapel is able to make Jesus famous in local ways all over Northeast Ohio. I am so excited for Orchard, but I'm maybe even more excited that Orchard is here because I really believe this is the epicenter of what God is going to do in the future of Northeast Ohio, and that should have meaning for you. And I know what you think. You think, well, what am I going to do with church planting? Well, I've already told you, some of you, you live in the neighborhoods where we're planting. You don't have to do anything. In fact, I want to save you gas money. Just stop driving here and stay there. <laughs> for others, I know even now God is stirring your heart to move into one of our neighborhoods. Praise him for that. Others are going to give. Others are going to pray. Others are going to encourage. But the reality is church planting has always been the work of ordinary people. Even here. In fact, in 1981, there was no Christ Community Chapel. A group of people had to gather together and to take seriously the mission for church planting, to believe in the local church as the hope of Hudson. And far better than hearing from me, I want you to hear from them. Check out the screen behind me to hear their story. 
I was getting a, a hunger for leading a church, but I never expected to plant a church. So uh, when in January of uh, 1981, I was coming home from a, a small community group of sorts in the southern part of Summit County. And my wife, Barb, came to the, to the door. I was just getting out of the car. And she said, uh, hey, uh, somebody's, there's a guy on the phone who wants to talk to you. So I got in, picked up the phone, and I hear this voice that says, uh, uh, hi, my name is Jack Liskey. You don't know me, uh, but we would like you to come and lead a Bible study in Hudson. It actually is my wife that turned to me and bumped me and said, uh, this young pastor would make a great uh, pastor for Hudson. And so we went back uh, humbly to the Bible study group and they said, why don't you invite him to Hudson and we'll meet him. And so uh, with consensus from everybody there, we did that and uh, Barb and Jim uh, came and eventually with their family and we all fell in love with them. As we went through that, we, I think all of us together began to think there needs to be a church here. And I think Jack Liskey and Tom Widows, who was the other man that was involved, um, and their wives, I, I believe they knew there was a need here. Uh, June, the first Sunday of June, 1981, we launched. There was no soft openings. There was no test ground. There was no uh, surveys that were done. We just thought, okay, let's, uh, let's start. So we started. Uh, Frank Zamotero was leading music. Uh, because they knew me from my voice, I sang at the first service. And, uh, and I will say this, and I'll tell this to anybody that wants to plan a church. Um, that was in 19, June, June the 7th, 1981. From that day forward, my life has changed drastically. It was, uh, I mean, I really believed as it started to unfold that this is how God was leading us. So I never had an issue with that. But I did, I mean, you were always going up to Hudson for these meetings and it was like, just tell me, are we gonna be able to buy groceries? That's all I wanna know. <laughs> God knew, he obviously knew exactly what he was doing. And he surrounded us with some of the, the most um, courageous people. I mean, you know, we'll probably talk to some of them today. In fact, they're sitting behind me, but, <laughs> but yeah, at the core, it is the sense of the leading of the Spirit of God. But it's also the people that, that surrounded Barb and I. None of us were experts in church plants, didn't know how to do this. We were just available to God to go with whatever we felt God was leading us to do. He was able to use each of our individual gifts and taught us some gifts we didn't even know we had. As God opened the door, you just kept walking through it. And when he's in it and wants it to succeed and you have a vision of glorifying and sharing Christ and sharing Christ's salvation, just stay on for the ride. That's all I can say. Wow. We had no idea what we were doing and certainly never dreamed of what Hudson Community Chapel, now Christ Community Chapel, would become. The 
the big thing I want you to, yeah, you can clap. Praise God for what he's done. The big thing I want you to take away from that is that look at all that God has done when an ordinary group of people take seriously Jesus' mission and his mechanism of the local church. In fact, I want to go even a step further. Well, even if you're in East Hall, please participate in this. If you came to Christ at this church, or you would say, I was a Christian when I got here, but I've grown tremendously since I've been here, would you mind raising your hand and keeping it up? Okay. In 19, keep it up, please. In 1981, they had no idea what God would do. Look at you. Now put your hand down. What I'm asking you to realize is there are neighborhoods where there are lots of people and no one's raising their hand. And yes, we need church planners like Jim College. Praise God for church planners like Jim or like John who's gonna start a church or Jeremy who's gonna start a church. Praise God for their wives and their courage and their faithfulness. But Pastor Jim said it. It wasn't until he was surrounded by a regular group of courageous people. See, what I'm asking you to consider is that we need a new generation of Franks and Jacks and Bevs and Barbs and everyone else you saw on the video. We need a new generation to say, we don't know what we're doing, but we're willing to give it a try because we stand with Jesus and this is his mission to reach Northeast Ohio. In fact, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you have a smartphone, would you go ahead and pull it out? Would you go to the web address you're gonna see on the screen behind me? We have an eight-question survey we've put there. And by the way, if you don't have a smartphone or you don't like doing things on your smartphone, in the lobby, there is an orchard table. We have hard copies of the survey. I'd love to ask you to stop there and to fill it out. Eight questions, that's all it is. And they're multiple choice, okay? No stumpers. What we wanna do with Orchard is help you find your place in church planting. So if you'll go to the website and just bookmark it, you can fill it out now or you can just bookmark it and save it for later. Stop by the lobby, fill out a hard copy. With your answers to a series of eight questions, we can send you within a week a customized email that lets you know exactly where you fit in the mission of church planting. Because we believe that no matter what our vision is, no matter what our strategy is, no matter how much time we spend developing church planters, if you won't go with us, we can't get it done. And so I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to give, but I'm also asking you to consider going. In the Old Testament, God is always reminding his people when they lack for courage to move forward, to look backwards at what he's done. From 1981 till this moment right now, God has been proving to this church that those who step out courageously will not be disappointed. May we look back at what he's done and find courage to move forward in church planting all over Northeast Ohio. Let's pray together. Father God, this is your mission. This church belongs to you. We want to participate in your mechanism of accomplishing the mission to reach lost people through church planting. That has meaning for us. We know it. We believe it. We accept it. God, would you do something great in and through this church for your glory and for the good of Northeast Ohio, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm also gonna give you one more way to get involved, and that is to give. I've spent the last year traveling all over the country looking for church planters, asking them to consider moving their families to Northeast Ohio. And I tell them always that 
they will find a church when they get here that is more generous than anyone they've ever seen. And that this church will take care of them, provide for them, that this church will have their back. In other words, I've been writing checks that I need for you to cash. (laughs) Making promises I need for you to deliver. Listen, your giving this weekend will go to Orchard NEO, and it's not even about the dollars. Church planning is expensive. We don't apologize for that. We're training music leaders. We're training planters. We have to rent buildings. We have to buy equipment. It is expensive. But your giving this weekend isn't about the things we're going to use it for. Your giving is about saying to these families, we have your back. We support you. You've come to the right place. And I am asking you, please send that message loud and clear this weekend with your giving. Ushers, come forward and let's take up the offer.